um, my, my dad came and got me from basketball practice and um, you know my dad didn't look well you know his, his eyes were kind of red and you know I, I didn't really um, I didn't really understand you know what was going on but I knew something was wrong I knew something was going on and um, yeah I found out that day that um, that you know that was the day that I lost my oldest sister uh, my oldest sister was 32 years old and um, yeah I lost lost her to uh, lost her to a, a sudden heart here really quick before we start this episode i want to ask you to support our mission by doing one thing just subscribe subscribe to our youtube channel or our podcast channel whichever one you listen to just hit that subscribe button the way our podcasts get out there is by you guys liking it by subscribing and of course by sharing as well so if you do one of those things for us right now we really appreciate it. We work very hard to make these episodes for you guys. We work very hard to get them out for you guys and just to try to uplift the entire community. So if you can help us out by doing one of those things, subscribe, share, or like every time. I really appreciate it. Love you guys. What is up, family? I'm Dr. Dale, the author of How to Raise the Doctor, Wisdom from Parents Who Did It, the author of Pre-Med Mondays, author of Black Men and White Coast, author of the Dr. Doc Children Series, and... Doctor of this new book that's about to come out, not quite out yet, but it's called A Doctor's Guide to Self-Publishing. I'm actually probably going to change that just a tad bit, but this is a book um, written, just in the proofreading stages, doing a couple stuff. But I wrote this because so many doctors out there and um, nurse practitioners, so many people who have been asking me how I publish all these books that I, that I published. So I decided, hey, instead of adding to all of you guys at once, I'm just going to write the book on it and give it to you guys, right? So, you know, that's coming soon. Yeah, that's coming out very, very soon. And you listen to the Black Men and White Coats podcast, a place where black clinicians have the platform to share their stories with listeners like you and viewers like you. So um, putting these videos up on YouTube now. So it's not just a podcast. Those of you who are listening to it, it's actually a video. If you're on YouTube, you can actually see me talking right now. You can see what I'm wearing. I'm rocking my Black Men and White Coats on my grind t-shirt. Check it out. Check it out. Go grab you one. We'll put the link somewhere around here. Um, and then you get to see the, our guests. You get to see our guests talking and what you're doing with your hand motion and just make it you know, a little bit cooler maybe for some of you guys to actually see instead of just always listening. Or you can listen. You can do whatever you want. We want to make sure we're giving you guys whatever you want. But you are listening to the Black Men and White Coast Podcast. I'm so excited for another season, man. Another season. Um, you know, we took a little break in between seasons. Just, you know, get away from um, putting out the podcast, but definitely not getting away from the work. Right? So the work's always going on in the background. And we've been doing so many great and amazing things. One of which, before I forget... Let me grab this book set here. I'm going to say thank you to Kaplan. Right, so in my hand, so some of you guys can see it. Don't let that light blind you there, but this big old book set in my hand. I think, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven MCAT prep books in here. Right, we've got everything in here. Behavioral sciences, biochem, biology, critical analysis, a car section, general chemistry, organic chemistry, physics and medicine. <laughs> um, math, not medicine. You guys aren't, pre-meds aren't quite doctors yet, but physics and math. So this big old, and it's heavy, right? This big old heavy book set right here. We partnered with Kaplan, and Kaplan gave out a thousand of these to our Black Men and White Coast family. Families, you know, so you all are part of our Black Men and White Coast families, right? That's why I always say, what is up, family? We shipped, Kaplan ordered a thousand of these. These are about $250 book sets. One thousand of them have been shipped out now, right? So initially, we're like, we're going to give it to the first hundred people. Um, Kaplan, shout out to Kaplan for what they did. Gave it out to the first 1,000 
people who actually filled it out correctly. Some of you all filled it out but didn't put your right addresses or left off zip codes or stuff like that. So sorry, there's nothing I can do about that right now. But for those of you who filled it out completely, and I know a lot of you are getting it because you guys have been bombarding us with messages. Hey, if you got one, take a picture and put it online and tag us and tag Kaplan. Uh, we'd appreciate that. And I know it'd be a great way of saying thank you to those folks there at Kaplan um, for giving out these. This is $250,000 worth of books. We just partnered with Kaplan to give out $250,000 worth of books, right? So those of you guys who got it, um, take advantage of it. And I hope, you know, I hope you, you know, get the scores that you're looking for. While we're on the topic of MCAT, remember, we're still paying for people's MCATs now. We're still paying for MCATs. not over. We started giving some out last season. We're back at it again this season. So go to www.blackmenandwhitecoats.org backslash MCAT, www.blackmenandwhitecoats.org backslash MCAT, little application there. You got to get yourself together. And we are paying for MCATs, right? So some of you guys have already gotten it. Some more of you guys, we're going to keep on paying for some of you guys' MCATs. So I fill it out and we'll announce some winners um, throughout the season, all right? And the last thing I'm going to say, maybe not the last, but another thing I want to say is people keep on emailing us and saying, hey, can we get on your email list? Um, you, you don't have to email us to get on the email list. Just go to www.blackmenandwhitecoast.org. I believe it's email, backslash email. If I'm wrong, somebody send me a message, let me know. Um, backslash email. Yeah. All right. So, so many cool things have been happening. A lot of you guys joined us for the mentoring lunch, and we've got some other stuff coming up here soon in the near future. And we're just really excited. You know, we've always got projects going on. We're getting more and more programs registered for summits. So the year 2022 is looking like it's going to be great for youth summits as long as, you know, COVID doesn't just go haywire like it did again. It's already haywire, but, you know, everybody's anticipating it's going to kind of hit a down curve and 2022 will be okay. If not, we'll adjust, you know, black men and white coats. We know how to get stuff done and we'll make sure that we do, um, you know, we keep on doing our work in a safe and uh, manner that helps our youth grow. So, with all that said, you guys can probably tell I'm just super excited to be back for another season of Black Men and White Coast because not only do I love doing this, but I love just hearing the stories of those um, you know, men and women in the field of medicine, how they got there, their ups and downs. But most of all, it's always triumphant at the end, and it's always a success story, and I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, all right. So, today's guest is my man, Dr. Steps, you know, call him Steps MD, Dr. Christopher Steps, Steps MD, Steps MD. Uh, make sure you check him out on Instagram, definitely. But man, so this is a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal episode here. Um, so much stuff in his life that you can learn from, man. He's had the ups and downs. You know, he's got the, the regular story about, I don't want to call it regular, it's definitely not regular. Let me not say the regular story, but he's got the story of, you know, overcoming the, the struggles to get into medical school, right? Um, but beyond that, he's got some stuff, you know, some real tragedy stuff that happened in his life. I'm not going to spill the beans here. You got to listen to it, but some real tragedy stuff that happened in his life. And, you know, he, he really opens up and goes into detail about how he was able to overcome that and how that kind of pushed him to the next level and helped him get to where he is today. And how, because of that, so many of you all will be inspired and able to get to that next step, that next level. Right. So, man, I'm not going to keep you off from what you're here to hear for. Step 7D. Y'all check it out. Yo, yo, what's good, everybody? How y'all feeling out there? Y'all good? That's what's up. Hey, it's your mom and them, MD, man. It's Steps MD. Um, I'm here, man, with this very special invitation, um, this very special opportunity from uh, Black Men White Coat Organization. Hey, man, Dale, I appreciate you, fam, man, giving me this opportunity uh, to kind of share my story of uh, triumph, perseverance, um, and inspiration uh, to get to where I am today. Uh, so, man, I'm grateful for this platform uh, to 
of course, uplift, man, uh, the people coming behind me. So, man, look, you know, I got my hat on, got my shirt, you know, representing the HBCUs across the country. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give it to you as old folks, as the old folks say, man, I'm give it to you straight, no chaser. Um, you know, I could be dressed up, you know, I could be in a white coat and, you know, the scrub, but nah, man, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it to you raw. Um, you know, man, it, it took a lot of, uh, a lot of perseverance. I had a lot of obstacles, uh, to get to where I am today. Um, and I just want to be able to use, uh, some of those, uh, obstacles, uh, the stepping stones, uh, for you. Uh, you know, of course, if you see some things in my story, it's like, all right, I might don't need to do uh, what Brother Steps did, or I may need to get back on that main road just a little quicker than he did. You know, that's that's what I want to be able to do uh, do with my story. Uh, I always say, uh, when you see, um, or when I even see myself, uh, you know, walking down the halls uh, in a white coat, or even you know, hearing the term Doctor Steps, um, just as a turtle uh, not being able to get on a table uh, by itself. Uh, that's the same thing with me. I had a lot of help, uh, a lot of support, uh, a lot of prayers. I'm standing on the shoulders of a lot of giants uh, that helped me get to where I am. Uh, so I'm very, very grateful uh, for the community of people uh, that helped me uh, get to this plateau, this platform that I now have, uh, you know, as a physician. Uh, so, you know, normally, you know, we get into the story, tell you the introduction, and then go through the plot and the climax. Uh, but you know, I kind of want to just share up front, um, just some of just, you know, just a little snippet, you know, of some of the, um, you know, some of the obstacles, you know, just kind of a brief snapshot of what I had to go through, um, to kind of get to where I am, you know, and then I'll, I'll of course go to go through the backstory and just kind of tell you, you know, just what really inspired me, um, to chase this dream, um, to be called Dr. Steps. Uh, but just a quick snapshot. Um, so Perseverance had to be my middle name. Uh, I applied to uh, medical school three times, uh, three. I uh, refused to give up, uh, took the MCAT five times. Uh, I used to be ashamed uh, to admit that, you know, oh man, I feel less than, you know, I feel inferior, you know, thinking, oh man, you know, I'm not as smart as the other people, uh, but, you know, no more. Um, and then what I realized too, is that, you know, once banding with other, uh, other members of the network, other community, uh, members, you realize, man, it was a struggle. It was a struggle for everybody. Um, but there, there was a lesson. There was a lesson in each um, each time that I fell short. Um, it made me stronger. I uh, came back, you know, went to the drawing board, uh, did what I needed to do, you know what I'm saying, to go ahead and get myself back, uh, back stronger, back prepared. Um, and so, of course, here I am. So, yeah, just starting off, listen, I didn't have a yellow brick road, still don't have a yellow brick road. You know, I'm trying my best to get it out the mud. You know what I'm talking about? Just keep grinding, keep grinding. Yeah, let me let y'all know I'm from Arkansas. So yeah, y'all might hear a little twang here and there. So don't judge me. Hey, this is how it sound, right? <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, let's let's start off with where I'm from though. Let me let me let me tell you a little bit, man, because I'm a very, very proud uh native of Arkansas. Um, you know, representing the southern part of the USA. Uh, but I'm a, a represent a very special part of Arkansas uh, from Palm Bluff, um, you know, the very southern part um, of Arkansas. Uh, very, very, very proud, very proud uh, native there. Um, I represent wherever I go. I'm going to put the bluff on my back. Um, you know, of course, a special shout out even to the neighborhood I grew up in. I grew up on the north side of Palm Bluff, 
Uh, you know, a lot of people counted us out. You know, a lot of people looked at us as inferior part of even Pine Bluff. Um, but, you know, I stand today as a proud representative, um, you know, saying, hey, you can make it anywhere. Um, and so, man, major, major shout out if anybody listening from the Bluff, uh, shout out to the North. And they know what I'm talking about, North, North. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so even even more prouder, my, uh, my mom and dad uh, grew up in an even southern far southern part of Arkansas in a rural area. Uh, major shout out to Portland and Montrose. Um, but I'm a direct descendant of, uh, of, of family sharecropping. Uh, my mom and dad would tell us stories, you know, of how, um, you know, what it was like growing up as a kid in the cotton fields. And, you know, it always amazed me to know that, you know, the life we have now, man, sometimes we can't, we kind of take it for granted because Man, my mom and dad was really having to get it out the mud, like, you know, just kind of telling me how, you know, a family had to kind of ration, uh, you know, resources, money and food um, to kind of, you know, get through those hard times. And so it just made me uh, made me more proud uh, to, to carry the last name and to carry the legacy uh, that my, my mom and dad set forth. Um, and that legacy was through education. You know, my mom and dad, um, you know, they met, you know, of course, worked the cotton fields a large part of their lives you know, growing up, uh, but they both looked at each other and they made a crucial decision. You know, they made a decision that, um, you know, that this is not gonna be their life, um, that they want education uh, to kind of be the next uh, the next stepping stone and what they wanted to raise their family on. And so my mom and dad kind of took the kind of unpopular, unpopular route, you know, um, kind of coming out of the country. Um, and they said they want to go to college, uh, and of course, you know, at that time, in the, you know, in the late 60s, um, you know, colleges across the country were not as partial to, you know, admitting African-Americans. Um, and so, you know, my mom and dad went to the University of Arkansas at Palm Bluff at that time, which was AM&N, uh, Arkansas Agricultural, Mechanical and Normal uh, College in Palm Bluff, Arkansas. Uh, because, of course, HBCUs, you know, were the only bright spot where African-Americans were welcomed. Um, and so... My mom and dad got their education, uh, got their education from there. Uh, my dad always tells a story like, man, look, I, I came there with, with $10 in my pocket um, and we made it work. Um, and so, you know, just just very proud to, you know, to, to be a part of that, you know, that legacy uh, to know that, listen, you know, you can get it out the mud, you know, and you, you can make it anywhere. And so to see my dad, my mom and dad going through, uh, going to University of Arkansas at Palm Bluff, better known as UAPB, um, you know, I, I, as you see on my shirt, I'm, I'm a very, very, very huge um, advocate uh, for these historically black colleges um, and university because without that, uh, I don't know where I would be. Um, and so I went to HBCU. My kids got to go to HBCU uh, if that's where they want daddy money to go, right? <laughs> you know, I can't tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you where daddy money going, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm very, uh, very, very grateful uh, for that. Um, you know, setting that legacy forward. But, um, you know, going through my mom and dad, you know, they got their degrees, uh, got their degrees from uh, UAPB. And and so uh, my mom and dad had three kids. Uh, I'm the baby boy uh, and I'm, I'm the mama's boy. So, you know, I'll share a little secret with y'all. Don't tell nobody, don't tell nobody. But uh, I was affectionately known as, and still is known as Pooh Bear. And so I was mama's Pooh Bear. And so everybody in the neighborhood, they knew me as Pooh Bear, and then I got old enough. I said, "Hey, y'all gotta drop the bear part and call me Pooh, right?" <laughs> but uh, my my mom and dad uh, raised us um, 
hard, hard man, hard workers. Uh, yeah, you you couldn't you couldn't have stuff in that house. Uh, it gave me a very strong background um, and perseverance. You know, again, they had they shared their many stories with you know how they had to overcome you know self doubt, racism, uh, you know family doubt, uh, you know coming from certain areas like oh you can't make it because you come from this area. So, you know, they instilled that in us, you know, to work hard no matter what, you know, people are saying. But, you know, I always make the sharp contrast that, you know, yeah, listen, we grew up we grew up in the hood. Like, I'm not ashamed of that. You know, I would always joke and I still joke to this day and I tell people, look, man, like I grew up ghetto fabulous. And I embrace that, you know, saying like that's a part of who I am. Um, and I don't, you know, don't let that part die or try to hide it. Like, no, nah, that's, that's where I'm from. Um, and if anybody that, you know, that grew up in the hood or, you know, the quote unquote ghetto or whatever you try to call it, you know, you don't, at that, at that age, you don't realize that you grew up in, you know, in a, you don't realize that you grew up in that type of neighborhood, you know, in your mind, you're thinking that, Hey, this is the norm. This is what you see. This is what you do. So, you know, I didn't think nothing of it, nor did any of my friends. And so, you know, I did have the, the, the luxury of mom and dad, you know, being in the household, teaching me education, teaching me hard work ethic. But I mean, yeah, listen, I, I, I grew up ghetto fabulous. I mean, I grew up in the hood. And so uh, I really I really embraced that part of me. Um, you know, it, it, my neighborhood is like my family. Um, and so, you know, whatever I do, I try to put that neighborhood on my back. Um, and so, you know, that's just a little tidbit of encouragement, you know, to you uh, that may be coming behind me or may even be um, in a similar position, but going through some things that, you know, when, when we're going through something, it's not just for us. You know what I'm saying? It's for, it's for a community. It's for a neighborhood of people, you know, that's, that's kind of dependent on you and, and, and ready to be proud of you. And so, you know, I always took that, um, took that to heart, you know, and kept that inside. You know, so whenever I felt like, man, I'm getting weak, like, hey, bro, I can't really handle this. This is too much. You know, I always remember, look, man, you got a hood, you know what I'm saying, that's pushing you. You got a hood that's proud of you um, and that wants you to succeed. And so very proud of the neighborhood that I grew up in. Uh, my dad was my dad was a father figure to many. Um, you know, even at times I remember like, you know, even being like low key jealous, like, dang, daddy, you know, I got to share my daddy with everybody. Uh, but that's just kind of the man he was, you know, he, he cared a lot about his community. Uh, my dad was a politician. Uh, he was an alderman in his neighborhood um, for the city of Pine Bluff for, man, over 15 years. I mean, he dedicated his life to public service. And so, you know, whatever he can do to help a kid, uh, you know, be in a better position, um, he, he always took the time to, to do that. And so my dad was my first, uh, dad was my first basketball coach. First, uh, you know, he, he coached me T-ball, baseball. Uh, so my dad taught me a lot about life uh, through sports. You know, he was all, he he was tough. Uh, you know, at times I even want to say, man, I'm gonna tell my mama when I get home. You know, based on you know you hollering at me and making me do all these extra running and stuff, I don't, I don't appreciate that. But you know, I was too little to tell him that, and plus, I, I couldn't run away because I ain't, I couldn't pay the bills, right? So <laughs> so I had to kind of roll with what my pops was saying. But no, for real though, he he taught me a lot uh, accountability. Um, he taught me how to be a leader. Uh, be responsible for my actions, um, and of course, re- responsible for the actions of others. You know, if a, if a, if one of my teammates, you know, didn't get something right, he made us all run. You know, he didn't he didn't just single one person out. So he taught me at an early age, um, you know, to kind of be a leader um, and be responsible for your brother um, next to you. You know, my mom uh, mom was real huge on education. Like my mom, 
uh, really, you know, she had a very tenacious spirit um, and she instilled that tenacity into me. Um, and I'm, I'm very appreciative for that. She didn't play, you know, my mom had to overcome a lot. Uh, my mom was actually one of the first African-American uh, women uh, to get a PhD from Kansas State University um, back in the very, very early 80s. Um, and, you know, hearing that story and hearing how my mom, you know, transitioned from, you know, going to, you know, a small black college to a large university and, you know, not being exposed to certain things, you know, and, and having to struggle with those, you know, those extra things on top of, you know, the rigor of the curriculum, you know, it just made me just admire her even more um, for getting through what she went through. And so my mom instilled that into me uh, and I'm very, very, very appreciative for that. But, you know, you, listen, man, I'm, you know, kids will be kids, right? You know, my mom and dad, you know, they pushed education, you know, yeah, they, they put all this into me. But, you know, at the end of the day, man, I was still, <laughs> I was a class clown. Like, I still was a clown. Like, I mean, life was kind of funny to me. I mean, like I took, you know, school seriously, you know, you know, when I had to, you know, not to come home and get in trouble. But for the most part, you know, I love to laugh. And, you know, wherever some laughing, you know, joking was going on, you was going to find Chris Steps somewhere in the middle of it. Right. Um, and so, you know, going through life was I don't want to say life was a joke, but I didn't. I wasn't taking life serious, you know. I, I wasn't thinking for tomorrow. I was just like, yo, what's going on today? What can we get into today? And so yeah, that's that's just kinda that's just kinda how I how I rolled. I mean I wasn't like just completely disruptive, but yeah, you yeah, I was in there cracking some jokes, like making some jokes on people, getting them cracked on me and going back at them. Uh so yeah, you know, that that was me as a kid. Like, you know, yeah, I was very smart, uh very smart kid. You know, I was, you know, in the sports. Um but then, yeah, I was also, I mean, I love to laugh. I was, I was a big clown. Um, and so that, but that really changed for me though. That, that ninth grade was, was a very pivotal, uh, it was a very pivotal time. Um, my life, my life changed. Uh, my life changed uh, drastically. Um, on November the 4th, uh, my dad, um, my, my dad came and got me from basketball practice and, um, you know, my dad didn't look well, you know, his, his eyes were kind of red and, you know, I, I didn't really, um, I didn't really understand, you know, what was going on, but I knew something was wrong. You know what I'm saying? I knew something was going on. And, um, yeah, I found out that day that, um, that, you know, that was the day that I lost my oldest sister. Uh, my oldest sister was 32 years old and, um, yeah, I lost lost her to uh, lost her to a, a sudden heart attack. Um, yeah, so there were there. My mom and dad had three kids, um, and so I got hit with this tragic loss. I'm 14. Up until that point, everything was a joke. I was in the girls and basketball. That was it. That's all I cared about. But life changed for me after that. You know, that was a huge. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm trying to, you know, trying to keep myself composed because I, I want to tell this part of the story because I kind of gave up. Yeah, I, I gave up on life. Life life just stopped mattering to me. Like, you know, losing my sister, I was like, man, I'll never be able to talk to my sister again. Like, you know, I'm 14. I won't be able to tell my sister about my first prom date or my first you know, basketball game or man, I scored my first points in high school. I, I won't be able to share that with my sister. And um, 
you know, I let go of the steering wheel on life. You know, that, that year, um, that year, life just, man, I stopped caring about school. I was just, I was, I was halfway doing my work. I, I just didn't care. Like I was actually at that time I was then getting put out of class. I was like disruptive. I D G A F. I just did not care. Like I just didn't. Um, and I, I mean, I went from like a, you know, being an A student to that, that year in that ninth grade year, I was making like literally C's. And then I remember I even had a D, um, at the end of the year. And I mean, like I barely, you know, kind of got over the finish line and I was just kind of shrugging my shoulders and like, yeah, whatever, you know, I made it to high school, but, um, you know, a light click for me, light click for me in the 10th grade. Um, I ran into a, my AP English teacher in the 10th grade. Uh, that was the one class I did do well in. Um, and I remember I was in class clowning, doing my thing. And she called me, she said, I want to talk to you after class. I'm like, man, what? And you know, everybody like, Ooh, you in trouble. I'm like, man, shut up, whatever. So she called me up and man, she jumped in my butt like no one has ever done that before. And she was like, Chris, I, I get it. You're grieving, like your sister's gone. And so she caught me off guard with that. And she said, but your sister wouldn't want you acting like this. Like you got so much potential. You got so much to offer this world. And right now you squandering an opportunity to be something great. I expect better from you and I expect to see the change in you. And when I tell you, man, I start crying. I'm like, I'm trying to be hard, but then, the, you know, the thug, they thug tears, man, the thug tears start falling, man. I'm, I couldn't, I couldn't hold it in, but to see that she cared about me and to see that she was able to see through the pain, you know, she was able to see through my antics that really, man, this dude hurting on the inside and he don't really know how to process that. Uh, that meant a lot to me, and she became a mentor, even a mentor to me today, you know, 18, um, 18 years later, I still talk to her to, to this day, but, you know, life changed for me after that, you know, life got, got back on the right road, uh, you know, I got back serious about my books, um, and I made a decision, you know, I, I wanted to get into medicine, I wanted to get into medicine to, you know, make sure that my sister died from something preventable, you know, but my sister didn't know, she didn't understand what was going on with her body, and so she did like any other average person would do, just, you know, shrug it off and hopefully it'll be, walk it off, it'll go away. Um, but I wanted to make sure to get in medicine so that I could prevent as many families as possible from losing somebody to something preventable. So that was a big, big driving force for me. Um, you know, and with that challenge, I, I issued myself um, and in memory of my sister's legacy, you know, I was able to go through high school and I did really well. You know, I graduated, uh, I graduated tops, you know, second in my class. Uh, you know, my high school only, I, I got out of there with just two Bs. I mean, like I turned it up, like I was focused, you know, I was captain of the basketball team, like I played ball. Uh, so I was heavily involved in my, you know, my school extracurricular wise and, you know, in my scholastic. So, man, I owe a lot. I owe a lot to my sister, um, you know, for pushing me over the hump. But, you know, even with all that success, you know what I'm saying? Even with all that success, um, you know, people, you're still going to have doubters, you know, and if, if you haven't gone through that, man, just keep living, you know what I'm saying? Somebody going to be hating on your success. Just, just get ready for that. You know, like that's inevitable. And, you know, like Meek Mill said, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. Right. So I ran into like my first, you know, one of my first challenges, you know, coming out, uh, was 
you know, I can't, I graduated in, you know, in a class of 120. Um, and so there were some people, you know, even kind of murmuring, like, you know, well, can he, re you know, can he repeat that success on the next level? You know what I'm saying? Like, can he, you know, can he make sure that when he gets to college, he can keep this up? Um, and so, like Michael Jordan, I took that personally. So I had a chip on my shoulder because I was like, yo, you know what? I'm going to prove y'all right. I'm going to prove y'all wrong uh, for the people who supported me and who didn't. I'm, I'm going to make sure that when I get there, I'm going to bust some heads. And so, man, I chose the University of Arkansas at Palm Bluff, uh, HBCU. Um, I, I didn't want to go anywhere else. I wanted to carry that torch, that legacy uh, that my parents had set forth. And uh, just listening to their stories, I wanted to be a part of that history. Um, so I went there. I uh, was a biology major, um, and I, I bust my I bust my tail like out the gate. Like I went hard. Like I went super hard because um, I was I was driven. Um, I was driven by doubters. I was driven by you know my sister. I was driven by this dream of you know being one day being a physician, impacting you know millions one day. Um, and so, man, I just went hard. You know, like I just I studied my butt off, but now I did have fun. I did have fun, like I kicked it, but I was very strategic and very disciplined um, in how I did that. So, you know, look, you're at the HBCU, you're gonna kick it. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna, you're gonna kick it with the bros. You're gonna go out to the club, you're gonna kick it. But at the same time, I knew that Saturday mornings at eight o'clock, I had to be the first one at the door. Like the library lady knew my name. Like I would sometimes open up the library and I would sometimes close it down. Like. That's how hungry I was um, that sometimes they literally had to be like, hey, Chris, you got to get out of here. Um, so, you know, yeah, why those people and, you know, hung over on Saturday mornings or like, man, getting up at 12 o'clock, man, I already put three or four hours in and I'm on my like break. You know what I'm saying? So I was disciplined, but I had fun. And so, you know, I was balanced. Balance was what I wanted to achieve, um, achieve in college. And so very, very involved extracurricular wise. I joined uh, the greatest fraternity in the world, uh, Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, uh, Blue Phi, you know. Um, so I joined the Beta Theta chapter in 2005 um, alongside my dad, uh, who is also a member of Phi Beta Sigma. Um, and then also uh, my senior year, I was the Student Government Association uh, president. Um, and so very, very, very uh, prestigious honor uh, bestowed upon me by my, my, my classmates and peers. Um, and so I took that job and, um, you know, hey, wonderful thing, wonderful thing. And so I really enjoyed it. It was stressful, uh, but, you know, we got through it. So coming up to my, you know, I'm in my senior year. And uh, so, you know, you got to go to medical school. You got to take what? You got to take the MCAT. You got to take the MCAT, right? So take the MCAT, man, first off, I didn't really study for this thing. Like, I didn't. Like so, my my middle my middle sister, uh, she's she she's a doctor. She well, she was in medical school at the time. My sister, my other sister passed away. So, you know, in my mind, I was like, yo, it's hands down. I'm a lock. I'm going to medical school. My sister was a, is a doctor. I'm gonna be a doctor. So just by osmosis, you know, the information gonna just whoop, come into my brain, right? And I'm gonna pass this MCAT like study. I'm like Alan Iverson practice practice you talking about practice i don't need to practice so i was like study i don't need to study and so i didn't take the mcat serious like i did an mcat course but man i was i'm playing i was kicking it hanging out the night before class I, I mean i didn't take it serious and it came time going into my senior year to take the mcat and 
I got slapped in the face. Like, slapped in the face hard. Like, hard, hard. So, got my score back. I mean, I'm devastated because I'm like, yo, my dream is now over. Like, my MCAT score, I'm going to tell you how low my MCAT score was. Like, y'all don't laugh at me, for real, for real. My MCAT score was so low, so low. I called a medical school in my senior year just to see. Like, man, I'm going to throw it out there. You never know. I told this lady my score. She said, no, nah, baby, I need the entire score. Like, not just the sections. Like, I need the total score. And I was like, ma'am, that's my total score. And she started laughing. She said, I'm so sorry, baby. It's not going to work for you. Like, nah, you're going to have to try something else. So, didn't get into medical school. Failed the MCAT. I'm like, dang, what in the world is going on with my life? Like, I, I became depressed. Like, I, I let go of the steering wheel in life again. I was like, up until that point, I had never failed. Not scholastically. I mean, you know, high school was, was 80s. You know, college up to that point, I was one of the top students in the biology department. I mean, I, I, was, I was a lock. Like, what you mean? You not going to medical school. What you mean your dream not coming true? What? That that ain't that ain't clicking, bro. Like, so yeah, life. I got challenged again. You know, and I'm like, dang. I'm on a detour. Now what am I gonna do? Um, for months, I was in a dark place. Um, didn't didn't really care. You know, I became isolated. Um, but. You know, I, I got up and dust myself off, you know, with the help of friends and support systems. Uh, I got back on the saddle and uh, my department chair told me about um, this graduate program at SIU, uh, post-baccalaureate program. And um, yeah, so the rest was history. So I applied, uh, didn't get in that first year. Didn't get, I didn't get in. So here I am graduating college, man, superstar in my mind, top student. And he not going to medical school. I just, I'm out there for a whole year. So I just, I had to take a year off. So after graduation, I took a year off. You know, I had to work dead end jobs. I had to work jobs. I just wasn't proud to admit that I was working, but hey, bills had to be paid. So I had to do what I had to do. So I uh, went through that, uh, applied. Thank goodness. I got, I got in, I did get into, uh, I tried to get into medical school thinking, oh man, I don't need to study doing the same thing, hoping for a different result. That didn't work out. So eventually I did end up, I was like, you know what? I think med, I think med prep at SIU is gonna be the best place for me. And so um, that's what I did. And man, that, that program changed my life uh, forever. Um, it really did. And so um, I, I got a good, good man, quality education, quality support systems uh, professionally uh, pushing me uh, to be better. Uh, one of my funniest stories um, in this journey uh, actually happened there. I was, so I, I call myself a smooth cat. Like I thought I was pretty cool. You know, I, I was dressing up. One day I had on, man, I had a shirt, tie, bow tie. I mean, you know, my slacks. So I, I strolled into class one day, you know, cool modi. I ain't had no, I ain't had no backpack. I ain't had nothing. I just strolled in there. This is like my first week there. So this guy, my this teacher, he's like 6'5", 300. Like this big dude just like comes in there and he says, all right, y'all want y'all to pull out some pencil and paper and I want y'all to write as I talk. So I'm sitting on the front row because I'm trying to be clean, trying to be seen, you know, want the honeys to look at me. So next thing you know, I start looking around like, hey man, you got some pencils, you got paper. 
So before I knew it, when I turned back around looking forward, man, this dude, I literally had to look up like, and this guy was literally towering over me. And and he walks away and he's like, this is a crying shame. Man got on a bow tie, but ain't got no pencil and paper. Man, what kind of doctor are you? And man, the whole class erupted. Like I was so embarrassed. I was ashamed. Like, man, people clown me to this day, like years later about that situation. But it taught me. Um, it taught me something. And he did talk to me afterwards, like, you know, as an African-American uh, wanting to be a physician, you got to hold yourself to a higher standard. And you never want to be in a situation uh, where you're in front of a speaker and you don't have anything to write, um, you know, uh, write pick some pencil and paper to write with. You know, it shows respect uh, to the person in front of you. And I, that's a lesson I take with me uh, everywhere I go. And so, but it was pretty funny though. Like I, I was clean and, but yeah, I, I had, I was not prepared, um, at all. I was just there, uh, just there looking good. So, um, I, yeah. So hey, lesson learned, but, um, you know, just, just a quick fast forward, you know, again, I, I'm not trying to tell my whole life story here. Cause you know, I, I could be on that for hours. Um, but I did persevere. Um, I did get into medical school, uh, on the third time, uh, I, I did gain I did gain admission in the medical school. Uh, so, <clears throat> I, I really want to just stop right there. Um, you know, of course, there has there's some other you know trials and tribulations I did you know to get get through medical school and all that all of that yeah. But I, I, I really want to stop right here um, and just encourage um, anyone um, that may be feeling inferior or may be feeling like man maybe I made too many mistakes. Uh, I can't come back from this, uh, man, it's over. No, it's not over. Like, if you're at the end of your rope, as the common phrase say, man, tie not at the end and hang on. Um, that's what I did. Um, and that's what I did with this story of even getting to medical school. Um, that was something that was something on the inside of my bosom uh, that I wouldn't let die. There was this fire I, that I wouldn't let anyone put out. Uh, that was my baby. Uh, my baby, my dream was my baby and anybody that tried to get close to it, I would tap their hand and say, uh, get back. Uh, I'm trying to grow a dream here. And so I just want to motivate somebody, hopefully inspire, uh, someone coming behind me, uh, whether it's, you know, man or female, you know, listen, you can get it out the mud. I don't care where you are. Like you are enough. Like don't let nobody tell you, man, you went to a black college or man, you, you grew up in this segment of the, of the city or you grew up, your mom was poor or your mom's on welfare. Or your dad went, man, none of that stuff matters. Only thing that matters is grit, perseverance, dedication, and listen, a burning desire to win. Listen, you got all that stuff. You cannot lose. I'm telling you. So listen, thank you for the opportunity to do this deal. Uh, man, I hope I wasn't too long. I hope I didn't lose y'all attention. Uh, thank you all so, so much uh, for the people who hung in there and listened to this whole thing. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and sign off. My name is Chris Steps. Um, and by the grace of God, I am a black man in a white coat. All right. Y'all take care, man. I'll see y'all next time. Check me out. Instagram, StepsMD. All right, baby. Bye. I told you that was going to be a fire episode, a super inspirational episode. Man, Dr. Steps, my man, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story to, um, you know, lift the next generation. Really, really appreciate that. Thank you so, so very much. To my listeners, again, man, we love y'all. So glad to be back for this season of the Black Men and White Coast podcast. We got some great stories, some great stuff coming up for you guys this season. Um, things to remember for the pre-meds, make sure you check out premedmondays.com. You get to hop on um, weekly coaching calls with 
Um, my coaching team, right, and we help you through this journey over 52 weeks. We use my book, Premed Mondays, as a guide to keep you guys on the path for success. Um, everybody else, check out diversemedicine.com. Join our online community of healthcare professionals and students and future healthcare professionals. We got a lot going on there and a surprise coming out for that community too as well. So stay tuned for that surprise. And of course, everybody else, check out the Black Men and White Coast documentary if you have not done so. It's crazy when people are still watching that video, that movie, a documentary we made like crazy. So it's bmwcmovie.com. People are still watching like crazy. Um, and I'm just, I'm so excited about you know, the impact that's had. Man, love you guys. Super excited, man. Super excited to be back. And um, y'all keep on engaging. Y'all make sure you check out the, the links down below, right? We got mentoring lunches coming up. Um, and we've got some other, a lot of cool stuff coming up. Um, Ingram Academy, all that stuff. So check out the links below. Love you guys. See you next time. It's like a blessing, everything a win, loss is like a lesson Ooh, ooh, yeah, ain't no time for stressing I've been really stepping, ooh